0: Okay, welcome back or welcome to Teddy and Yogi's Pac 12 Adventure. If you listen to my podcast, Yogi Raw Show, if you follow the Pac 12 Networks, you got it right here. You got the face of the Pac 12, Ashley Adamson, got myself, Yogi Raw, and we're talking Pac 12 Sports. We're talking reality. We're talking, obviously, operating from our homes. Ashley, usually we're on set next to each other. The lighting is a little bit better. You know, we all, you always look, look gorgeous. You know, I, I usually have a suit on, try to do a little bit better than today, but uh, thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. You uh, you have given me my first reason to like comb my hair since uh, we've been quarantined. So I'm sure that Chris, my husband, thanks you for that. Um, but yeah, this is a, a new world that we're navigating. And um, I will say for, for those of you who are, are listening to this, uh, FaceTiming, Zooming, Google Hangout, whatever it is to like looking at your face right now, Yogi, brings me joy. So I, I would say it's one thing to connect on the phone and text, that's great. But um, it's good to connect people and be able to look into their eyes too. So I highly recommend it.
0: Okay, I agree. All right, so if people watch Pac-12 Networks, they know that your sense of humor is as good as there is in the building. And I think it's as good as it is in the industry. So let's just be lighthearted for a minute here. What's something that you learned about yourself over the course of the last week that's (laughs) a little enjoyable? I'll go first. What what I've enjoyed, and I'm proud to say, over the last week, like I haven't worn deodorant one time. (laughs) I was just like, you know what? I don't need it. They say it's, it's putting poison in your body anyway. So I just said, you know what? I'm good. Just shut it down. And how is we that going? Well, I got a midday workout with Zane. I've learned that like I could work out here. So we've like books, we're like lifting books, we're doing ups, and then I shower midday. So I feel like I probably like go right up to the line midday, rinse off, put some soap on, you know, and then survive the, the rest of the, the afternoon. So the you're
1: evening. one ahead of me and that you're showering every day. So that's good. That's, that's fair.
0: Good. Yeah. I'm going like two, sometimes twice a day. Wow. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Okay. That, that's good. That's interesting. I think uh, I learned a few things. One is that I cannot work out on my own time. Like I am a class person. Like I have to go to yoga, bar, berries, whatever it is. Like I have to commit to going and show up with other people because if I leave, if I'm left to my own devices, which is what I'm now, I'm like, oh, I'll do it later. Oh, I've got, you know, like a thing on, I've got an nap. Yeah. I'll do it. It's just, you, you can't, I mean, I, so I haven't been very good at that, but I, the one thing that I will say, and this is not as lighthearted, but more kind of on a serious note. I think the thing that I'm trying to hold on to and keep in my mind is um, I, you know, I've got two little ones. I've got a three-year-old and a 10 month old, and this is a pause button that no one wanted or anticipated and probably would have picked. But at the same time, one of the beautiful parts of it is that we get to be home with our kids and we get time with them that we would have never, ever, 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 ever gotten at a time in their life when they still want to hang out with us and think we're cool. Like if Collins was a teenager in college right now, she'd be like, what the hell is going on, mom? I'm done. Like, I'm going to be in my room, go away. But Collins, and I, again, I'm trying to remind myself of this when he's coming in and he may come in now uh, or over the course of the next 15 minutes. But when he's crashing interviews and stuff that I'm trying to do for work, I try not to get annoyed and I'm like, you know what? This is awesome, this is part of it. He wants to be with me. He is excited that we're home together. And so that is a blessing and a gift. And I think that in retrospect, when we all look back on this and, you know, I think our world's gonna be a lot different when this is all over, whenever that may be. I'm hopeful that that's something that I'm gonna really feel grateful about and that I paid attention to so
0: yeah I agree it's been really fun teaching class right like you're in preschool I'm in preschool now because te- Amy my wife she's working full-time like her job hasn't stopped yeah. so I get to hit pause for a second and we've got like the whiteboard up and a chalkboard with the schedule on every day and we know when, and the school's been great because they check in twice a day so he can zoom with his with his buddies and tell a story and hang out but at 11 a.m every day at least for the first five days we have done a science experiment And I thank the internet because when he goes to bed at night and I don't want him to hear me because he's of course going to crawl over the table any second now and like throw an apple at my head. Um, But I Google like cool science experiments. So we've literally been making them. You could see them like on my YouTube page. Like I've just put them up every day and they're, they're awesome because you see the wonderment of kids. And a lot of times you've been there when I talk about the wonder switch, you know, like wonder is tied to imagination and for athletes and for people that are older, like, a lot of our imagination, it, it never stops, but our imagination can be negative. What happens if I get it? If somebody I know gets COVID-19, if God forbid my kid gets it. And that imagination like kills your wonderment, right? Versus like we did like this thing where you have, um, you cut off the bottom of a water bottle and put soap and water on the table and rub it around and then blow it out and huge bubbles come out. And he like saw the, it was the coolest thing in his life. And so I, I I'm with you. Like there is a sense, and and I, talking to Ted Robinson in an earlier episode of this conversation, this podcast, where we talked about athletes, I think will come out of this in our profession and have an even greater appreciation for the craft and yeah. a better wonderment, you know, will be lit up in, in that regard.
1: We always talk about how when people have, you know, athletes are injured and that allows them to step back from the game and appreciate it in a way that they didn't. When you have something that's taken away from you, you obviously then um, are able to appreciate it and kind of see it in new light. And I think that's kind of what we're all doing right now right I mean today was supposed to be the first day of the NCAA tournament and I think you know we did a podcast yesterday with Kelly Graves the Oregon women's head basketball coach and he was saying that when it first happened when it when he first went out that the NCAA tournament was going to be canceled he went into coach mode and was like all right this is awful this is heartbreaking this sucks but I you got to get ready for the next game or the next thing and so you move on and that's how your program is the coach and he said and now I'm sitting here a day before we were supposed to be playing and I'm way more heartbroken and I feel way more lost than I did when I first learned the news. And I think, you know, I knew exactly what he was saying because I, you know, as somebody who covers the the game and watches it as a fan, uh, I certainly feel the same way. So there's no, um, you know, I think the appreciation for all the things that we take for granted in our lives, like being able to go hang out with our friends and seeing our families and all of those small things, going out to eat for dinner. Um, you know, hopefully we'll have a little bit more appreciation for them on the back end. The other thing I hope that happens, uh, is that we like double all of our teachers' salaries <laughs> because I think, yes, I think every parent who is home trying to work right now and also homeschool their kids understands on a whole new level what it's like to to try and teach kids and there's joy in it and it's rewarding in some ways and it's also totally exhausting and really, really hard. So shout outs to the teachers. You guys are miracle workers.
0: Yes. Amen to that. Uh, We always do like teacher appreciation uh, month. We're always celebrating teachers during the football season. And I got a feeling this year, we're going to be doubling down on that celebration because hopefully we get to the fall, uh, which is a conversation for a later date. But but let's talk. um, you, You got to track one of the greatest runs you could argue in this decade in Oregon's women's basketball. You know, like you've known Sabrina since she came onto the scene as a freshman, Sabrina Nescu, you know, who is a household name now beyond sports. Everybody knows her relationship with Kobe Bryant and all the things around it. You were tracking her, your camera's following her. Well, what did you learn about not necessarily just her? I want to hear that, but also like for yourself to be the producer, the honor, talent, to track one of the greats. You know, when we look back 10 years, 20 years, you're going to be telling Collins about this great athlete who didn't get a chance to win an Addy. Um, the proverbial Natty, you know, uh, because of what we're going through right now.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. And I think um, the thing that I'm grateful for, and so much of your life is about timing, right? And it's about where you end up, who you end up with, what your life turns out into um, professionally and personally is so much about timing. And I think for me, I have felt the whole way through since we first saw her come on and realized what a special talent she was, that I am so lucky that I happened to fall in the four-year span that she was at Oregon and I was at pac Network. Network. Um, she is so unique in her drive. And, you know, student athletes and professional athletes, like all of them have that extra thing, that competitive drive, that chip on their shoulder, whatever it is that makes them tick, that makes them be able to play and compete at that level. The thing about Sabrina that's unique is that And the reason I think that she resonates with so many young girls in particular um, is that she's, you know, she's a good athlete. She's not a phenomenal freak athlete. She, there are little girls who look at her and say, oh, I am five, I'm going to grow up to maybe be five, eight or five, nine. And if I work really, really hard, I can be that. And so I think that's one of the things is that she, she's normal and she's down to earth and she just puts in the work and cares so much. So uh, to me, what's been a gift is watching her evolve over the four years from even from afar. You know, I'm not going to claim that we have a close personal relationship, but I, I know her and I've been able to watch and do a lot of different interviews with her. And I think the thing is, is she came in her freshman year to Oregon with, you know, chip on her shoulder, just I'm, I want to prove the world wrong type of mentality um, to include even coming into this senior season. She, she had that mentality of unfinished business and we're going to go out and win a natty and do all the things that we didn't get to accomplish last year. That's why I came back. That's why I'm not going to the WNBA draft right now. So that was how she entered the season and everything that happened throughout the course of the last two months. um, We've watched her evolve and I'm just, I'm getting chills thinking about it because And she even said it, and I recommend for anyone who hasn't seen it, there is a clip. If you just search Everglow, Oregon women's basketball on Google, a beautiful clip comes up um, that they played and produced the night that they clinched the Pac-12 championship. It was a Friday night, their second to last regular season game in Eugene. And it was when they clinched the outright Pac-12 title. And Sabrina came out and gave this beautiful speech to the crowd in which she said, you know, when I started this year, it was all about playing angry and staying angry. And that was what was driving me for this unfinished business. And she said, and now I realize given everything that obviously happened with Kobe at that point, that it is about so much more than that. And that this journey is about, you know, the relationships and all of the things that she couldn't even really put into words that she said she couldn't put into words. And it was amazing watching because it just, it was, it was like you were watching this, young woman, sort of, I don't want to say grow up in front of your eyes because that sounds so cliche and, and that's not what I mean, but it was just this moment in that she understands the um, place that she is in the world, how many people care about what she has to say in her voice and her platform, and she's able to articulate the moment in a way that, I mean, God, you i think about who I was when I was 21 years old. And I just, she's amazing. So she's got this unbelievable talent. She's got this unbelievable drive and she has a way of pulling herself out of it and recognizing the moment for what it is and not being afraid to to use the platform. I thought when she um, spoke at Kobe's memorial service and at the end asked everyone there and everyone who was listening to in honor of Kobe support the women's game because that's what he would want. And I just thought like, how awesome is that, that that's what you thought to do. And it was so appropriate and beautiful and exactly what I felt like that crowd needed to hear. Um, So I just, that was a very long-winded answer to your question, but I just have watched her evolve and she's the face of college basketball. Um, And she, you know, she didn't get to go finish and win that national title, but she is someone who changed forever the way the sport is viewed. And I believe that wholeheartedly.
0: So every once in a while, I think we come across athletes in our careers, at least as broadcasters, that, that shift us in how we see the game, right? I mean, Chris Peterson, David Shaw have been that for me, for sure. Coach Carroll has been that for me. Uh, I had one conversation with Josh Rosen that did that for me. Uh, curious for you, like you, you said you get the chills. Like you, you, you alluded to so many moments, but if you don't mind, like you got personal. Like where's something where like, yep, that, that made me change? from what you've witnessed from her?
1: Um, you know, a, a couple. I think the biggest one was watching her give Kobe's, uh, giving that speech in front of all of those people at Kobe's Memorial Service at the Staples Center. Um, that was, I, I was sitting there watching it and I had my 10-month-old daughter home with me that day and I just had tears streaming down my face because it was just, I mean, that whole thing was so emotional. And I was, I was so nervous for her. Like, I'm thinking, I was texting Colleen Farrell, our producer, going, "Think, I, I am so nervous for Sabrina, thinking that she has to walk up there and basically give a, you know, eulogy in front of all of these people and on this platform. And she just crushed it. And she was so calm. And her words were, you know, so thoughtful and her message and her storytelling, like it was, it was beautiful. I really, she, she was incredible. And I just remember sitting there with like tears running down my face and holding my 10 month old daughter in my lap for whosoever whatever reason, maybe felt the moment and was just still for like the first time in her 10 month old life. Uh, and I just thought, you know, she's talking about Gianna and Kobe and their relationship. And I just thought this is, I am watching in action, the perfect example of why sports matter so much because they make people feel and they make people realize and they allow us to connect in ways that like it's all about the human side of it and so that was a really poignant moment for me certainly I've I've loved watching her play she's unbelievable I you know on the court she's amazing but that was watching her deliver that speech on that stage and what she said that that was something that I'm not going to ever 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 forget.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think back. I'm looking obviously over your shoulder, and I see the the map, which we all have a version of that in our house. Like, it's so rad. And sports stories now there's there's no bridge. Like it used to be like time zones. Like you 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 didn't hear about what happened in European soccer, but now because of social media, like you kind of know what's going on. And and I think it's fascinating because we get to learn so much. Right? Like we were just talking. I was talking to an Elite Eleven coach last night where we scrolled through the internet and found so many things for young quarterbacks that, you know, either in college or in high school, they're like, I can't be with my coach. Well, you can watch Tom versus time and learn about how he developed and prepared for games. You can watch, you know, Drew Brees, you can watch high performance psychology videos. Like there's so much content that cuts through. And I say that because there is an old adage that rings true and you don't think it's real when you're a player is they're never going to remember the plays you made. They're going to remember the type of person that you are. And as an athlete, like, I was like, no, that ain't true. I went back to Pitt three weeks ago, and they remembered me for the guy I was, and I didn't make many plays, so they didn't have a lot to remember anyway. But I, I just think of her, and it's like, we got let down to a degree because she didn't get to take a run at the natty, right? She came back for that. Herbert came back for that. Troy Dye came back for that. All at the same institution, take a run. And they didn't get it. But, like... I don't really remember the CFP or every moment of the Rose Bowl three years ago. I remember last year, maybe the year before. But eventually, like, you were going to be talking about Sabrina and all those moments. Like, that's what you're going to tell your daughter when she's 15. Maybe be in a Hall of Famer like yourself, Mullen High School. Shout out to Colorado. Ashley is. You can Google that and find out. Yep. Um, but I just think that i think there's there's something now that like we're getting to know af- athletes way better because of this and because of things like this uh but also we're remembering them for the type of humans they are versus the type of performers they are and when it's elite performer elite human it's like damn man like that's what's up
1: and it, i couldn't have said it better than that you yeah, i think that's exactly it and i, and I think that rings true you know for everybody listening in every profession I think about the people who you look up to and admire in this business and and why you do and it's the people who are that incredible combination of you know they're great at their craft but they are more importantly and first great people and it doesn't take a lot i think that's the thing that i you know i always try and remind myself and it's easy to forget but some small words and reaching out and just saying thank you to people and acknowledging, it goes so, so far. There was a, um, and I'm not gonna say their name because it doesn't really matter, but there was a Pac-12 network employee who left for another awesome, great job about three months ago. Um, And we were at his going away party and he made a comment to me about, hey, I never thanked you. Like you sent me an email in year two that said like, thanks for all the like, hard work I was doing and that I, you really appreciated it. And he was like, I still have that email and mm-hmm. it meant so much to me. And I was so stunned cause I'm like, I don't even remember sending that email, but amazing. And it was just such a good reminder of like, and I have emails like that from people that, you know acknowledge and say thank you and, and have a little bit of gratitude. It takes very little time and those words, they really, 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 really do matter to people. Um, and I think that that is, you know, it just, you said it more poetically than I did and articulately than I did, but I just, I just think that that is what is, that's that special sauce of an elite performer, somebody who's good at their craft and also somebody who's first and foremost, a really good person.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um, what's, what's your, like your work day, like now in terms of like, where's your head going? Like you just got, you, you're you're embedded with Sabrina and her world for the run that ended, um you 've always loved story you 've done so many things like when you wake up like i'm curious like what's the first tab you go to now based on everything that's going on and having you know we have way more time at home, but I don 't know about you, but I, I have like this hour right here, and that 's it, and i 'll see you at nine o'clock. Yeah. Um, so when you get your time now and it 's shrunk, like what are you reading? what are you looking at? Where are you looking for inspiration and creativity
1: yeah, I think i'm trying to figure that out if i 'm going to be honest I think i haven't found a you know, rhythm or sort of this past week has been all about kind of trying to figure out what our content plan obviously is at the network and what that's going to look like going forward. So there's a lot of conference calls that we've, that we've been on. Um, and more than that, to be totally honest with you, with all the stuff going on in the world, and I'm not alone in this, but, you know, I've had a lot of family stuff going on. My younger brother, um, Thankfully, is going to come back tomorrow, but he's been stuck in Guatemala. Uh, They closed their border and he had his flights canceled and couldn't get out. And so that's been a really scary thing that I think has been weighing on all of us as we try and help that situation. My younger sister, who you know well, um, had to close her business and lay off all of her employees a few days ago. So I, I think, to be honest, my head has been swirling of like, how can I, you know, keep this family sort of intact and moving forward and, and sane and also being supportive and helpful to my parents, my siblings, my extended family. Um, and then also what's my work day going to look like? So I think I don't have a good answer to that yet because every day has looked pretty different. And then there's moments and I really try it, back to what we talked about earlier of like, you know, my three-year-old comes in and is like, I really want you to come play with me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, Wait to send this email, or I'm gonna, I'm just gonna make a little bit of time right here. Let's go, let's go to the field and let's like go run laps so that you can get some energy out, and that's good. I mean, we were it's a quick story. We went to the field yesterday, we've got this awesome field right behind our house that's empty, which is amazing. And uh, I brought one of the, those like big bubble wands. And we blew bubbles in the field for like an hour. And Collins was just running around, like it's this image that I'm gonna have forever and ever. He's just running around, popping all the bubbles. And he like screamed at the top of his lungs at one point. He was like, mama, I'm so happy. And I just thought, man, you don't know about coronavirus. You don't know about the fact that the market is completely crashing, that all of this terrible, scary stuff is going on. Like what a gift to be a kid. and it was it's wonderful if you have kids to be able to be around kids to be able to pull into their world and i think it's critical for all of us right now so yeah i'm still trying to figure out what my day-to-day looks like which is why i haven't worked out haven't done much showering or anything like that oh. not going on
0: well i, wa- I wonder on that like i was thinking about today i was like washing the dishes because i feel like now like it's like you my mom used to always yell at me she's like why am i always washing dishes in this house right and i get it now because i'm just washing dishes all the time and i'm like like, I'm like, they, they were put away. How did they, how did they double in size? Where? But I was there and I was like, man, like, I need to write more, you know, because I'm with you. Like, I don't really know where to go. Like all, the alerts pop up and you're like, all right, I'll save that. And you get through five of them and like nap time's over. Right. For instance. Um, but I did, I, I do feel a shift internally of like telling stories. Like, I don't know what it's going to be. Like, obviously not going to lead every interview with like, how did you deal with COVID-19 right. necessarily in a year from now or five years from now, but I, I don't know what it is, but I'm really curious and excited to figure that out of like, how did I shift? Cause we all shifted. We became more empathetic. We became more familial. S- something has occurred and is occurring, right? We became more aware of the outside world, and, you know, like are Ted and I ever going to shake hands to do an open again? Like, you know, there's a lot of things that are there, yeah. but I, I'm really, I'm excited to see I'm excited as a storyteller and someone whose job is as yours is is to, you know, dive in, lean in, and then pull out and share stories and impact people. Like I don't know where it's gonna go, but I, I feel it happening right now, I guess is the point.
1: I, I'm with you and I think that writing stuff down is the key to everything. And I wanna like record my voice saying that and just play it for myself <laughs> before I go to bed every night because that's been my goal is to try and write something, whether it's you know, a letter to my kids about what it feels like right now, or just like a typical journal entry, or just some thoughts that I had, or what today, what happened today. I, I think you know writing stuff down is so clarifying, and also I think it's going to be really helpful as we move forward to looking back to where we were in this moment because it's I think it's going to be kind of a blur, to be honest. And there's a lot of as you alluded to and mentioned we have a lot more time to be creative and to be thoughtful and to think about the world in a different, more meaningful way than just the stress of everyday life and trying to get from one thing to the next on the hamster wheel. So I I'm, I'm with you. I I think there's going to be some creative juices, hopefully they get flowing, that aren't blocked by, you know, the fear that is out there. That's very real and, and obviously expected.
0: Yeah. it's Crazy. It's kind of like in the walls of our home, we can create a little bit of normalcy and you know, like you can kind of shrink your world, but the minute you turn on the news or we read the newspaper in the morning, cause we're not 90, but act like we are maybe to a degree cause I like holding a newspaper, but you know, it's just there. So anyway, on that note, Ash, we, we could talk all day long. I want to put a bow on this. Uh, we've been doing a segment, uh, Ted and I, and we're going to do it with our Pac-12 colleagues. We have so many stories in our brain, in our bank, on our laptops that some get shared and their beautiful nine minute features on our stories with Kate Scott and you and Mike and all of us. And some of them are on a podcast like you host. Um, and some of them don't get shared or some during a game or whatever. Um, so I'm curious for you, generally, uh, just just throw a story out at us. What a story from Ashley's archives? Like yeah, you know,
1: you know what? I'm first of all, I just want to say that I love this. Is an awesome idea. And now that I know that this is going to be a theme, I'm going to go right down. Cause you're right. There's so many little anecdotes and not even, you know, full fledged out, like you mentioned nine minute stories, but there's just so many things that happen that we get to see and experience that we don't ever have an opportunity to share. So, um, I got to go back to the memory bank and, and again, write, write some stuff down, but the one that pops up and just keeping in the theme of what we'd started talking about with Sabrina, um, was that, I cannot get the image. One of the the best images that I have in my mind from the last month has been being in Las Vegas at Mandalay Bay when uh, Oregon beat Stanford in the Pac-12 championship game. I mean, throttled them. Um, And they were able to cut down those nets. And there was this joy and relief at, for those of you listening and watching who maybe don't know. They lost to Stanford the year before in the championship game. So it was part of that unfinished business and checking that box that Sabrina was all about. But I think about all the student athletes who didn't get to have any closure whatsoever um, on their seasons and that that was kind of all stripped away. And they didn't there was no bow. There was no ending. There was no finality to it. And at least for them, it wasn't the final ending that they wanted, but I think there is a silver lining. And I was going back through my phone and the very last picture that I took that was basketball related in March was Ruthie Hebird standing at the top of the ladder, you know, swinging around a piece of net with just this like smile that took up the entire frame of the picture. And everybody's looking up at her. You can see Sabrina and Kelly Graves and everybody's looking up at her smiling. And it's just, it was one of those moments that I'm like, man, how lucky am I that I have this job, how lucky that I get to see this team up close and personal. And none of us in that building had any idea that it was the last time that they were all going to be together as a team. No one obviously had any clue that that was a possibility. Um, I just feel really, really lucky that I was able to be there and experience it and see that joy and see them all, you know, mash cupcakes in Kelly and Kelly Grays' face and celebrate together because um, It was truly a a team that's gonna be remembered for a really long time. We've had a lot of special teams in the past, we'll have special teams in the future, but I don't think there's gonna be another one like that ever again. And so I just felt really lucky that I was able to take part in that joy and see kind of that moment and talk to Sabrina and talk to Ruthie and her parents and you know Mignon Moore and just all of those incredible, incredible student athletes um, who were part of something really special. So for that, I was really grateful. Uh, what, what do you got for me? I know you've got a whole litany of stories. What do you got for them Well, tonight?
0: so much was running through my mind as you said it. You know, we, we only had a couple of these episodes, and you prepare. Right? Get a, you write down a list of a couple. And then I hear you talk about Kelly Graves. And I hear you talk about a coach. And I hear you talk about a great player. And I instantly click back into uh, Pete Carroll. And there's a lot of stories I could tell about Pete. Um, many have been documented. Uh, one of my favorite stories of all time was when we played Notre Dame. Ted Robinson, JB Long, where you went to undergrad. Okay. And everybody knows the deal. And it's Charlie Weiss. And people don't know the history of Charlie and Pete. Like they basically kind of traded jobs, Patriots, and the Jets. And in the NFL, it's obviously highly competitive. And here comes Charlie Weiss and he declares himself like the smartest coach. Uh, I think his quote was: we're gonna have a decided schematic advantage at his press conference, which is great, right? Obviously, he felt great about himself. And they had Brady Quinn and they, they were rolling. Uh, Jeff Samarja, they had a safety, the boxer. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, away we go. And we go to South Bend. We're top team. We've won, I don't call 20 some straight games in a row, two straight natties. We're on our way to our third straight national championship appearance. And we pull into South Bend on Thursday. Cause you go to South Bend, you always fly a day early. Most teams do just cause of the time change. Thursday nights, whatever. Um, Friday comes. And Thursday, night, I'll, I'll tell that story next time. There's a Thursday night story of the plane, which was crazy. Uh, but Friday, we get there and the, and the bus starts going back and forth. And everybody, everybody shakes the bus now, but nobody had prior to this. And it was the first time we pull into Notre Dame Stadium, and there's about 10,000 fans there for our walkthrough, screaming at us, throwing stuff at the bus. And all of a sudden, I'm on bus number one with the offense, starts to shake, sway left to right. Then bus number two starts to go three, and then four, and all four buses are going. And like, you think they're going to tip over because this is the first of our experiences. And we get off the bus and the confidence is there. The swag is there. We go and see the grass. It's like six inches higher than it should be because Reggie's so fast. And we fast forward all the way to the fourth quarter, fourth and nine. And I'll never forget being on the headset, sitting next to Lane. He's to my left. Sark is down on the field. Pete's there as well. And we call a play called Y option, which is the tight end. The tight end's going to run a little option route, which means he can go straight out or in. And we say, hey, if there's a certain look, change the call. So Lane goes, it's, a, it's the look. Change it. We call it. We change the play. And it's, the audible is 82 stay. 82 stay, z win. That's the play. And it's like, it is like, it's my favorite play in all of football, right? For the passing game, it's God's play. And he calls the audible. He throws the slant and go to Dwayne Jarrett. Dwayne catches it. We think he's going to run all the way down. Uh, he doesn't get stopped. And it's pandemonium. And Pete is super calm and he deals with it, Uh, the clock gets stopped, and then the symbol, Sark starts going like this, like spike it, spike it, spike it. But the trick was if you pointed at the quarterback, that meant you got the option to run it. Don't just spike it, that was kind of our trick signal. Matt, of course, the push happens and we win. The game ends and Pete and I, if anybody knows, but we were both sleeping in the office three or four days a week. And I remember when we got back, I think it was like that next day, that Sunday, we were talking about the game and he goes, you know what, amid the chaos, you go back and you watch the game. He goes, I was so proud of himself of, he goes, I was so poised. And he goes, that's something I've trained myself to be like, if you look at our sideline, it is pandemonium coaches, screaming water bottles. We had one coach, my buddy ran all the way down out of the coach box, like the five yard line should have been thrown a flag. Like it was, it was, it was the definition of not being poised, but Pete was just poised. And I say that on the heels of, like, maybe what we're in now, of, like, maybe there's this element of, like, we're aware that it's crazy, and we're aware that, like, we don't know what's across the street, or let alone on our table, whatever, but, like, maybe there's, there's an element of poise that we can pull among a chaotic situation, and I, I, I hadn't told this story in probably five years, Ash, um, and never told it, comparing, obviously, something as tragic as, you know, the coronavirus, but... I think of it now and I'm like, yeah, Pete is like, he's been trained for poise. And uh, yeah, at 22, 23, that had such an impact on me.
1: Remember it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that is the perfect story to tell right now. And I think, a lot of people you know we all talk about leadership and stepping up and what leadership is and what leadership is is being poised in chaos that's what i think it is and you know you i think a lot of people are finding out a lot about themselves about the people they work with about people in their families given how everyone's dealing with it and everybody has their own way to cope but when you're around somebody who is poised and who is level it i mean it's a gift because it allows, you know, it rubs off on you. And I think that's a, you know, that that's an awesome, awesome, great story. I love that. And I remember that so well, man, I was watching that game with my dad, who's the biggest domer of all time oh. and I don't know that he's ever been more upset about a loss uh, other than when they got blown out by Oregon state in the Fiesta bowl. I, I don't know that I've ever seen him so devastated after a loss. So yeah, that was now that I know on the other, that you're on the <laughs> Sideline is part of that. Still, I'm, I'm going to remind. I'm going to remind the pops of that for
0: sure. Yeah, send them the episode. All right. Speaking <laughs> of, you can check it out on our YouTube channel for this episode. For past ones, go to pac-12.com for anything that you want on Pac-12 Sports. Our content's going to be coming out. I can't wait, Ash. It's going to be a blast. We're going to be doing a lot of these conversations. You can subscribe to the podcast. Heading Yogi's this Pac-12 adventure. The Pac-12 football stories, stories from all over the sports world. Ashley, thank you for joining. I love the I love the studio setup. I mean, better?
1: hey, you know what? I'll I'll try and work a little bit more with the lights and you know maybe some backdrops, but this is this is what we're working with up here. It's the only place that I have a lock on the door in my house. So. <laughs> it's
0: perfect. Thank you very much, and uh, have a great rest of your day.
1: You too. You're the best.